Welcome back, everyone, to another Slab Stocks YouTube live show. My name is Aaron, your host, joined by Nate, 6 p.m. Eastern Time every Monday. And this week, we are talking about why is the National so important to the sports card community? Because this event happening July 28th to August 1st in Chicago, Illinois, at the Donald E. Stevenson Rosemont Convention Center is going to be the most important event in sports card history. I'm going to say it right now. I think it's going to be massive. I think Nate agrees with me. The fact that there hasn't been a national in, in two years now because last year's was canceled, the year before is in Chicago again. I just remember back to Chicago in 2019 and how crazy it is. And I can't even really imagine right now what it's going to be like in 2021. I mean, we there was 100,000 people in Chicago in 2019 and we thought that was insane. Yeah. Yep. Just wait until this year. I'm so excited. I see a lot of people are here in the chat right now so welcome to any given punch that t206 guys steven and dad reviews op oliver how's it going i'm really excited for everyone to be here for this discussion today and feel free in the chat to throw down any comments any questions anything you guys need to ask about anything during the stream and we'll pull up questions as we go during the stream um if they're related to the nationals it'll probably be the ones we pick first but everything else we'll try to get to as well as we go through um the stream just want to keep the discussion going with everyone that joined here in the live today. So first order of business. Nate, you see our post? LeBron 2003 Topps Chrome Base PSA 10 has gained 40% in value. I know this isn't national specific this second, but LeBron James 2003 Topps Chrome Base PSA 10 just gained 40% in value since like June 26th, I think, which is a couple weeks. That's quite the gains. And this is before tonight. There's an auction ending through PWCC. It's already at like 21,000. There's one ending in two days. That's at 20,000. Excuse me. So this is at 18,000 currently as of a sale from a couple days ago. So I'm pretty excited to see what this card is going to do at the National Live specifically and also what it might do to the rest of the market as this is probably, I would say this is the most noteworthy gain in the sports card marketplace in the last four months. Nate, would you agree with me? 40% in like two weeks of one of the top cards in the industry. I can't believe, well, I, I just can't believe it dropped down to what, 13 grand? Yeah, it's like 12, 12.87. So right there. Yeah, it, it, this thing peaked at 40 some thousand, by the way. Holy that was in uh, February, I want to say. So with that being said, though, Gary Vee, went on his YouTube channel and was talking about the national and LeBron tops Chrome. He's going to be buying everything. So there might be something to that with people just recognizing that a big event's coming people are buying in. But really to me, the most important thing is that the attention is going to be on the sports car marketplace. I don't care who's talking about, I don't care what cards they are talking about. All that matters is that there's going to be a ton of attention on the marketplace over the next three months. It's not going to say that everything's going to gain value. So please don't misconstrue those words that like, just because this LeBron's going up 40% in two weeks means that everything in the marketplace is going to gain 40% over the next two months. I'm not saying that at all. There's plenty of cards that have so many cards coming back from PSA. We've already talked about over the last like six months that we would recommend staying away from. Um, however, I will say this. Someone was dogging me on Instagram for posting about Camrash PSA 10 going from $25 to I think $65 or whatever it was in the span of a month. We had a discussion two weeks ago about slabs, that are, or maybe this was even three weeks ago or four weeks ago, slabs that are $25 and under or $30 and under. Is it now the time to where if you pick the right player, you can buy in on a, on a budget and realistically get a $20 flip, a $30 flip, which to many people who have been buying and selling sports cards for the last you know, two years doesn't seem that big. But in a marketplace that's going to rely so heavily on performance, and everything now like that's really good like for anyone out there like that is a very significant amount of money made on a 25 dollar card in a month nate would you agree yeah yeah so I, got so, bad. <laughs> I just want to say that like i should have put that chart in here too but it, it verifies that while there are a ton of slabs coming back from psa it's driven down the prices a ton on these cards they will get to the point to where you pick the right player and you buy in a budget and you know the sports car market's for everyone, not just for people who can spend hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars. It's for everyone. If you have $5, $10, $15, even a dollar, there's stuff you can buy. You know, you got to pick the right players. You got to pick the right cards. Um, it gets probably more difficult, but it's still possible. And it's definitely worth it if, if you want to have fun. I mean, it's difficult, but you can also, you know, spot the, you know, the Cam Reddishes of the world, right? 
Yeah. You know he's going to get minutes when his Achilles healed, right? Um, and if you go to baseball, you know, like a guy like Eloy Jimenez is going to be playing when his pec heals. And so it doesn't even need to, you know, take that much luck as more of just like, you know, find the guys that nobody's thinking about and buy in low because the prices are dropping across the board. And then along with it, guys being injured, people aren't thinking about them. You'll do fine. Yeah. Rabona's got that Pulisic gold kaboom. Come to the booth, six ninety five. We'll talk about that more in a bit. Clay, hey guys, looking forward to seeing you guys, you in Chicago. Yeah, hey, we can't wait, wait to meet you too, and everyone else that's watching. Oliver, congrats on the charity event. Thank you, man. Uh, so much more info is going to come in this live stream, so stay tuned for the middle of this live stream. We'll start talking about it. Uh, Magic, how's it going? Mperk, oh wait, we actually have some uh, information on tickets here in about a minute that we're going to walk through. And then he also asked, how can we attend your charity event? We'll be talking about that too through the rest of the live stream. But I will say it's going to be across the street at the Hyatt O'Hare Rosemont, directly across the street from the, the uh, Donnelly Stevenson Convention Center, 6 to 9 p.m. Anyone can get in. There is going to be like a limit for how many people can be in the room at one time because you, you can't just put like a thousand thousands of people in here but my hope is that if you are able to leave the show at a decent time you really want to attend you will be able to get in and get a spot we're also broadcasting this to youtube to instagram live the entire time so everyone can attend in a way participate in the event participate in the break um it's going to be awesome will milwaukee boys what's the latest on the most important knee in wisconsin there's been no concrete info other than that he practiced in front of like a private group of people to like assess and observe how he's playing today, which there's been no word on since that. Nate, that's what I heard the last. Yeah, all I, all I saw today was that he was given clearance to not go to media day today uh, for game one, given that they didn't know if he was going to play. But that doesn't necessarily mean that he's not going to play tomorrow if he's not at media day today. Um, I per Personally... I'd expect us to go two games on the road, see if we can win one without him, then come home, play in game three, win the next two, and then win in game six at home. That's my plan. Yeah. yeah I don't I – don't, I, I would – my gut says he doesn't play game one. Yeah, I don't think so either. Game, because game, game two is like three days later or something like that. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is you're risking for the rest of the series if he plays game one and he doesn't feel like good enough, right? Then he just might miss all everything. All right, moving on from the LeBron. Today, the National announced that they added multiple or a lot of five-day VIP passes without the autographs, meaning you get to go in early to the show on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, skip the lines, um, and it's like $139 for the full five-day pass, which is a little bit more expensive than if you were to buy five general admission tickets at $19 each. But I would say, like, for me, if I were to go to the event and I was going for all five days, I'd 100% buy it because the lines have been insane in the previous years and the lines this year will be even more insane. And who knows if they need to put in any, like, you know, precautions for any reason to make it even take longer. Um, so I would recommend if you're going for all five days or maybe even four days to get the five-day pass, there's limited amount. So you got to go onto their website, go in, just click, like, add to cart for, like, the $19 general admission and they'll prompt you to buy the five day if you want to and that's what i do uh to address m perk's question about how does using tickets for autos work if you haven't bought a vip or a super vip that includes the autographs i don't think you can get them anymore i see it, they're sold out online the reason why they brought back this five day vip pass no autographs early entrance only is because of that the autograph one's all sold out and they can't just add more with autographs because they can't sell like unlimited autograph tickets um, so that's why they did that. Okay, next order of business. Look at this sweet national logo that our guy Slabstock Sam designed. Uh, I love it. It looks like a marquee with the, the theater board and everything. And it's got the little Slabstocks logo in there with Chicago ahead of it. Booth 695 is where you will be able to find us at the national now that means nothing to you if you've never been there you have no idea where booth 695 is so i'm going to show you on the floor plan that's on the nationals website right now we also have limited amount of t-shirts with this awesome logo on um, a gray shirt at the national so if you attend live you have a chance to get a t-shirt 
Um, really, really cool. Thank you, Slapstack Sam, so much for designing that. I'm a big fan. So let me show you all really quick how you can find us at the National if you can't attend, which I hope all of you can attend. But I know not everyone can, which is why our charity night on Friday night is going to be YouTube and Instagram broadcasted everywhere all three hours. All right, Nate, can you see this super zoomed out floor plan? I mean, yes. It's on the screen. I had to I had to maximize my screen to be able to. Okay, uh, well, well, here's my point. If everyone can just see this page, that's that's what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. This is how big the national is. For those of you that haven't attended, you might not just like be able to figure it out in your mind until you see this. This is how big it is. This is massive. Like, look at all these booths. There's these like are, these are ten by ten booths, right? So these are ten by fifteen. I don't know if you can see my cursor, but over on the left side, those are all ten by fifteen. The ones in the front are 10 by 10s. The ones in the middle are corporate booths and then 10 by 15s. And then on the far right is 10 by 10s. So it's a it's a lot of space. A lot, a lot of space. Now let me zoom in here because it, it's actually a PDF. So it 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 uh, auto-corrects and makes you be able to see it. So here's the corporate pavilion. You got Heritage Auctions, Baseball Card Exchange, Pristine, David Adams, Panini, Blowout. And then you got Fanatics that's got a booth this year. I don't know if they had a booth the other year. I don't think they did. Yeah, well, they got one this not this year now. Uh, we got Leaf here, Iconic Auctions, Pro Mold, Beckett, HGA. That's got a booth now, I guess. Um, they didn't have one. They weren't even a company back then. Onyx Collectibles got a corporate booth What's now. eBay. Card? What do you say? What's Wild Card? Wild Card, I have no idea. Tops is right there. There's 676. So if you see the Tops booth, what's going to happen is there's going to be like a little slope here, seven-inch slope, as we can see. And then you're going to just keep walking right. To the very far corner, and then you're gonna see booth 695, and that's where we are. So you're gonna enter all the way over here in the main lobby, right there. Show office, handicap ramp, main lobby. This is where like the main entrance is from outside. Here's a case break pavilion, all in here, and then there's PSA massive booth autograph area, and we're all the way in the corner, which actually I like. Some people might be like, "Oh, I'm in the corner," but for us, it's like. You know, we have a big enough presence where we tell people we're here and they're going to come and everyone around us hopefully will benefit y'all. You know, if you come see us, stop by 693, 796, 798 and see what they got to offer. But um, we have a lot of room over here because there's like a little rest area, which is really cool. and It's carpeted and stuff. So I like it. I think Nate likes it too. Buy the mm -hmm. tops booth. That's how you'll find us. Find the tops booth. Walk to the right. And then there we are. All right. Let me get this presentation back up. So I think now what we should do is I think we should just have a discussion about the show itself from our experiences. I know Jamil's doing his uh, five-part national series right now on YouTube. So if you have questions about like different hotels and he talked about the history of the national in episode one that a lot of people watch, um, that's really good to go to. But I want to talk about, I'm sure Nate does too, just about why it means so much, not to us individually, but the community as a whole. And for me, it's like I've been going to shows since I was – 10 years old, small shows in Minnesota. Then I went to the National when I was 13, and then I went like five times since or four times since that. And this will be my fifth or sixth. And this is the one place that you can go throughout the year that you know you'll find people there that are like-minded like you. You know, like in the past, like especially before sports cards became like really cool, I'd say, it was hard to, you know, actually connect with people on a personal level over cards. It just was. Um, not until Nate really started getting the cards that I have like a really close friend that was buying and selling cards and enjoyed them. Like even I, it wasn't even to the extent that I did, but at least would go to the shows with me and stuff. And that was awesome to see. Update. Now you go to the shows and Update. you're going to find still not, still not to the extent that you enjoy cards. Oh, I, I didn't say, I, I didn't say, I don't that. know. I, just, I don't know if anybody can get to the extent that you enjoy cards. <laughs> I'm sure we got some people in the chat that would rival me. Um, true. but Yes, the buying and selling is good. It's fun. Will you find a bunch of deals at this show? I think you have a better shot this year of finding deals than in years past. In years past, the market wasn't as hot, which obviously like the market isn't scorching right now. Like, you know, cards have declined over the last three months, but the market is hot compared to 2019. There's no denying that. I think that you're going to have so much competition from dealer to dealer to dealer as more dealers come into the space that are really connected to the social media aspect of it, 
the values, the flipping, the buying, the selling versus just showing up with your collection price and items as you wish. And then they sell or they don't. Um, I think there's gonna be a really competitive side to the selling this year. And I think that there's going to be a lot of sellers that need to satisfy not as many buyers. Nate, would you agree with that? So you think there's going to be more sellers that need to satisfy less buyers? Okay. Okay. Maybe I should rephrase it. That's a bad way to put it. My point is here is that dollars in the national, there's going to be a lot of money being spent, but there's a cap on how much money is going to be spent. People there who are at the show selling, there's only a finite amount of booths that are there. And those booths need to fight over the dollars in the room because the dollars in the room can walk from one booth to the next booth. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm trying to say is that- Especially if you don't have rare stuff. I'm not even saying rare stuff. I'm If it's not rare, you have to be priced competitively. I yep. think in years prior, it was kind of like a, you know, like a, it is what it is type of thing. But I think now people are actually going to like, competitively price and sell and try to do as much as they can at the show. Um, given the amount of, you know, people are coming as the importance of this feeling like you got that five days to really make sales and make a big presence. I think that's going to be on fire in terms of deals being done. Nate, I, th I thought you froze at first. You just weren't moving. Oh, no, I was just, I thought you were going to say something else. Should I talk about my experience at the national? Yeah. Go for it. Um, so let's see. This is the this will be the fourth, fourth, third. It'll probably be your third. Third national I've been to. Um, the first one was in like 2016, the second one was in 2019, third one obviously 2021. Uh, in my experience, you know, I didn't do a ton of buying the first time around. And I didn't do any singles buying the second time around. I bought uh like $700 worth of Topps Chrome boxes. Um, Wait, Nate, what did you sell to buy those $700 of Topps Chrome boxes? Well, I'll tell you what. I sold a Juan Soto Bowman Chrome Auto. That was my point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, tough to have sold that and also tough to have opened those boxes because if I just held on, they're like 800 bucks a pop right now. Uh, that and makes up your Soto just about. What? That makes up your soda or even more, right? Uh, yeah, if I sold the soda and bought three Bowman Chrome boxes, which I did, um, you're looking at you know twenty four hundred bucks, which would have made up for the soda. <laughs> That's nice. That's nice. But I, but of course, I opened, I opened it up, and I got, I got wrecked. Um, but in my experience, you know, walk around if specifically if you're looking for wax, walk around and you know. Find prices. Don't just go up to the first place. You know Dave and Adams, so you go up there and you're like, well, Dave and Adams must have the best deal and buy it. There are going to be little booths around the show that have, you know, one case of 2021 Topps Chrome, right? Or one case of 2021 Topps Flagship or whatever it might be, and they might want to move it, and they might price it, you know, $10, $15 a box underneath what a Dave and Adams or a Blowout will price their stuff at. So um, be, when you, you bring money, bring cash, don't just you, – you might be able to do PayPal. But, you, will uh, be able to, you will be able to do PayPal, but it just might not be with everyone. Yeah. Um, so bring cash. You can probably do PayPal. It might be a little bit easier to keep track of how much money you're spending, though, if you bring cash. And then do your due diligence. You don't – unless you find a deal instantaneously, you walk past something, you say that's the greatest deal in the history of the world. I have to buy that. Scout up the show and may, maybe make it take a map and make a mental mark of the booths you want to go back to because, you know, you don't want to go buy a box of cards for $120 and then walk two booths over and find one you could have bought for $105, right? I would, I would add to that and say figure out what's – now, obviously, no sports card is in need. But figure out like what's like a oh nice to have versus like a really really big want, right? Like there's gonna be a lot of times you're gonna walk up to the booth and you're gonna say, "Whoa, that looks really nice. I should just buy that." And then like Nate's saying, you walk three booths later, and they're like, "Whoa, I shouldn't have bought that because now my budget's like half, and I can't buy this now." Um, I have found in the past that when I like specifically not the last one, 2019, but when I was younger in high school, and I would go, I'd spend my money way too fast, like what Nate was saying, 
And then I'd buy like six cards and I have no more cash. And then I'd be like, uh, okay, now I have to trade, which trading can work, but it just doesn't, it, it works. I'm not saying it doesn't work, but you just can't force a trade. Like you, if you have the amount of cash that the person wants, you can get the deal done. But you can't force someone to trade with you. Yep. And uh, I learned this lesson in Dallas. I bought a Julio Rodriguez Bowman Chrome Mojo non-graded for 60 bucks. And it was a fair deal. It's 60 on eBay and 60 there. I was like, whatever, I'll take it. The next day, you know, all the way on the other side of the show, there's a Mojo PSA 9, 60 bucks, right? And so I bought that one too because it was just as good of a deal as the non-graded. Um, and so, you know, sometimes you can find those where people are pricing a non-graded and a PSA 9 the same price. Uh, and obviously you'd much, you'd definitely rather have the PSA nine, especially because if it's something like a Julio Rodriguez mojo, it's likely already been looked over, uh, for grading condition by now. Right. I agree. Um, one more thing I'm going to point out here is that if you've been to like, let's say the Dallas show, I would expect to not expect that. I would say now I let me back up one second. I went to the March Dallas show. Nate wasn't there. Nate came with me to the May Dallas show. The March Dallas show, I felt like that there were no like dollar, five dollar boxes. I think the May one there may be a little bit more than the March one, um, possibly because I found COVID. I found a couple. Yeah, possibly because of COVID reasons. I'm but like in March, I feel like there like was none. Um, I would say at the national, you are going to get a taste of everything. You can come with 20 bucks and find $20 in cards to buy that you will be satisfied with. You can bring $1,000. You can bring $50,000. You can probably bring $100,000. And even I'm sure there's going to be cards out there that are millions of dollars. So the point is, is that like don't use a prior show's uh, perception to maybe like judge the national. I'm not trying to say Dallas is bad. I actually love Dallas. The last May show I went to in Dallas was awesome. When Nate and I went. That was super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Nate found nice cards, like he was saying, for $50 to $75. So he got that nice Marte deal. And it was, it was a great show, but my point is that like the national will have something for everyone, and you will see more soccer this year because two years ago soccer was very small. There's probably only one or two booths that really had it. Um, I started opening that's really when I just got into soccer. I started opening some soccer boxes and got into it right there, and then the rest was history with that. But um, I will definitely have a ton of soccer. There will be a bunch of like Marvel booths. Pokemon boosts. There'll be boosts that we've never seen before stocked with Star Wars cards, probably. Like, it's going to be really cool because you're not going to just find people that want to buy and sell Jordan, Kobe, and LeBron. Um, and that's why I think I'm most excited for the show, too, is because of the diversity of the attend, not only the attendees, but the um, dealers as well this year. I think it's going to be the first show that's going to have tons of people there that possibly are like you know celebrities type of deal which i'm not trying to say like that's gonna like make or break a show it's not but you're gonna see more celebrities than ever at the national you're gonna see more people buying and selling stuff that they just enjoy because there's gonna be people like them there because everyone's gonna be attending in the past there's probably people that enjoyed pokemon but we're like no one's gonna buy it here like why would i set up with that right um that's not gonna be like it this year um aaron if i can jump in here yeah go ahead uh one thing that I did not know in 2019, most people know, I just wasn't comfortable at card shows at the time, is that there's no shame in asking. Aaron talks about, you know, bringing in $20. Uh, we did a, uh, what did we call them? What was our, what was our, uh, when we when we bring $20 and just oh, try to penny get stocks. Penny stocks. Yeah. Uh, so we did a penny stocks uh, show where we'd go and bring X amount of dollars and then you have to get as many cards as you can for that amount of money and see how much money you could make on the resale market from those cards without actually like looking up the prices online before buying them. And um, I was having a terrible time. I wasn't finding anything. I was I was grumpy because every car- box I went to was picked over because we did it the last day. And uh, it was it was terrible. And it was mostly terrible because I didn't actually ask any of the dealers if they had anything else or if they had boxes they hadn't put out, you know, stuff like that. Aaron goes up to a guy and he says, hey, do you have any dollar boxes? He's like, oh, yeah, I, I didn't have any room, so I didn't put them out. But you can ha- take your look through them. And this was the last day. And Aaron got to look through an entire dollar box that hadn't been looked through yet. 
Yeah. And um, now the market dynamics have changed a little bit. You know, those guys probably know what is in their dollar boxes. That being said, um, especially for a sport like baseball, where you can have a Bowman Chrome prospect auto, like if you're look, if you're going through and you're finding, I bet you'll find Joe Gray autos in dollar boxes somewhere at the National. Somebody will not know that Joe Gray for the Brewers dominated single A and his autos had jumped up to like $20 a base auto. Somebody will not know that. I guarantee it. And you will find Joe Gray Bowman Chrome autos that were $3 last year in somebody's dollar box at the National. All you have to do is search them out. So while a ton of, you know, a ton of guys will just have their premium cards out and a ton is made out of premium cards, you can find great deals if you just uh balls up a little bit and ask yeah and like for me it's like at our booth like i i don't hold like an insane amount of cards like i just can't do it i only have you know a certain amount of cards i'm buying and selling and have ready to sell and then go buy a couple others type of deal but there are dealers who have boxes in their storage units in their closets in their safes that they haven't looked at for two years that they're going to bring out here now i'm sure a lot of them will have looked through them again and repriced them but you don't know when they repriced them, right? Like people have an insane amount of cards. Like I've seen pictures of people have cards that they haven't looked at in multiple years. And it's not going to be that uncommon at the show because the biggest dealers in the world come here to set up. So that's a good point, Nate. I, uh, I agree with that. I think really quick, um, just talk about the daily, like Wednesday to Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and how it's different. Because in the past, I don't know if this year if it's going to be as much like this because I think it's going to be so busy. It doesn't really matter what day it is. But in the past, I definitely say like Thursday, like Wednesday night's big because it's the first time that people can come into the show and it's a really jam-packed four hours. But Thursday and Friday always seem to be like the really big days just to like sell a bunch of stuff, at least for us when we didn't like have an insane amount of stuff. Like we were out of our cards probably by like Friday aside from a few that people didn't care about. And then Saturday is big because people who can't get off from work for either Thursday or Friday or Wednesday or whatever come to the show on Saturday. And then Sunday was always a quieter day and people are leaving early. However, after last show, they have a new rule enforced for dealers that you cannot leave the show until it's complete on Sunday. Otherwise, you lose your spot. Which is nobody is going to lose their spot. No, it's the biggest cardinal sin is to lose your spot at the National because you're never going to get it back again. Yeah. Um, the, the wait list for a booth is like unlimited infinity. I've heard Aaron, what do you think? What do you think somebody would pay somebody for a booth? Now it costs us a thousand dollars to get the booth space. What do you think somebody would pay for that? You know, I don't know like who or what, but like I very well think that the booth space is, could be worth depending on your business or what you do. Like you can't just show up with like dollar cards and pay this much, obviously. Um, I could see a company or or a, or a person with a ton of really nice cards coming and paying ten, ten grand for a ten by ten. Yeah. Now here's the thing, though: you sell it and you're not going to get it back. Correct. So, like, there's no if you're actually in the sports card business and community, you're not going to sell it. Um, that'd be stupid. But that I think that that's that would if I was like just put like a market price on a ten by ten, I'd think like that, like ten grand. Would you agree? I'd agree. I I, uh, I think I mean I think you could probably find somebody that even give you more of a premium if they knew they were going to get it for the rest of their lives. Yeah, but I don't think that they're going to get it, Nate, because they can't just pick up your documentation and get it. That's when I think like both sides, it's like a one-time deal. Makes sense. But I I can't confirm that because I haven't sold it. And I'm not looking to sell it, so um, I have no idea. That's just a guess. All right, time to talk about the charity event. So actually, before talking about that, we got a question here. Do all the big shows not have Wi-Fi on purpose so people can't check comps? They do have Wi-Fi at the National. Um, don't worry about that. The Wi-Fi in Dallas was just terrible. It was ridiculous. Um, but I think you know Chicago definitely has Wi-Fi. Uh, what's your thoughts on about the Lexington show this weekend? Uh, have not heard of it, nor have seen anything, but uh, hope everyone enjoys it. Who goes? And do you think the National will ever come back south? For example, Texas. I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. They seem to be going between Chicago and Atlantic City now. Probably trying to find one more space, um, as they did have Cleveland, and then that play, the IX Center shut down. But uh, I'm not sure. All right, here we go. So the, our Slab Stocks Charity Night Friday night. We're hosting an event six to nine p.m. across the street in the Hyatt O'Hare Rosemont Hotel. Anyone can attend. There is no cost to attend. 
here's what's happening. We are going to have the biggest sports card charity event ever. That's what my goal is. That's what my plan is. And I want to get it done. And we all need your help to do that in a couple of different ways. So first off, three-hour event. The whole purpose of the event is to raise proceeds for Camp Kessum, specifically the UW-Madison campus where I graduated from, where I was a counselor. And, and they host a camp during the summer that sends kids to camp for free whose parents have had or had cancer and lets them uh, get away, hang out with other kids, and have a really fun time. And it's just an amazing thing. And we want to do our part to send as many kids to camp as possible. It's $500 to send a kid to camp. Currently, this moment sitting here, I have confirmed a $55,000 prize pool in the span of like five or six days. So we have gotten an insane amount of sponsors to donate sealed product, to donate slabs, to donate some signed memorabilia. It's going to be crazy. The entire event is going to be live streamed to YouTube and Instagram. So if you're sitting here, you can't go to the national, you can't go to the event. Doesn't matter. You can watch it. You can buy in. You can participate. You can help out the kids. That's what the entire event is for. 100% of the proceeds going to the kids to get them to camps and as many kids as we can. Very excited about that and to do that. And I cannot thank the sports card community enough for rallying around this in the first like five days of putting it out there publicly. We went from like $10,000 in donations to over 55 grand in like five days. Like I'm just blown away. I'm so thankful. I know all the kids are thankful and they don't even know this is happening yet, which is crazy. But uh, it's it's just it's just so amazing to see. And I'll just read off the sponsors we've confirmed on Instagram so far to thank them all for a second here. So Loop, PWCC, StockX were the first three presenting sponsors. Can I thank you enough for getting the ball rolling and showing people this is going to be a real event. Uh, first three gold sponsors that were confirmed were Jamil from Shop Mealy Pops, Ryan from Card Collector 2, and Patrick Ryan from the P. Ryan Collection. Tomorrow on Instagram, I'm going live with Patrick to talk about the event and to open his donation box. Very excited for that. We then got Panini on board, which was huge. Thank you so much to Panini and Tracy for coming on and helping us out with this charity night. Uh, he said he's going to blow away our expectations, so I can't wait to get his package in the mail. Uh, U.S. Breaks, Soccer Breakers, uh, very thankful for them. They came out as a presenting sponsor as well. We've got gold sponsors then confirmed from Slab Shield. Um, the guys who developed Slab Shield are for, uh, through Slab Stocks. Really appreciate them. They're donating a ton of product. We've got uh, Jason from OTI Sports. Thank you to him for jumping on so quickly. He's responded back and was immediately in. I appreciate that a ton. Mikey B Cards. Uh, Mikey's a breaker out there on YouTube and on Instagram. He's a super nice guy. I just talked to him for the first few times, but I know that he'd recently beat a cancer battle himself, and this was just super you know, near and dear to his heart, and he was so excited to come on and help out these kids. So he's sending us a ton of sealed product for that. And, Mikey, you know, just thank you, and I'm congrats. So excited for you to beat cancer. Um, and then we recently – Today, I'm going to go really quick and go to the right side of the screen. Clay Cards. Clay, thank you. Love Clay. I've known him now for almost three years. Great guy. Uh, does PSA submissions for people. Excellent job at them, too. I've sent multiple items through him. GB Sports Cards, another soccer breaker, came out as presenting uh, sponsor. Love the soccer community. You all are really helping on showing out for everyone and for the kids. Uh, Sports Card Live, Jeremy. Awesome dude. Just recently met Jeremy as well, but he's really great. He lives in Canada. He's going to come to the National. He donated a super awesome hockey card for the event. I'll give a little preview right now. It's actually a Wayne Gretzky OPC rookie PSA 3 from Canada, the vintage 1979 card. Jeremy, that's incredible. Thank you. Spinatron on Instagram, great guy. Um, he's sending in a card as well. It's going to be really cool, a vintage one from, I think, the 90s, uh, a numbered credentials from EX. It's it's super sweet card. I'll have to share that later. And then uh, Burbank Sports Cards, huge shop in California, jumped on. Really awesome. Today we announced that Collectibles came on as a presenting sponsor. Luca Tiger and LeBron podcast, Cajun Andrew, thank you. IndyCar Exchange, Andy, thank you so much. Andy's an awesome guy. He's on our show for the Michael Jordan week uh, a year and a half ago during the last dance. And Anthony, our guy, Summertime Cards. Um, Anthony is the man. He runs a courtside card show down in Miami, and he is super in and helping out right away. And also – we are now over $55,000 I sent in prize pool. There is multiple sponsors I have not announced yet. They will be over the next few days. So look out for that. We've got some other really big announcements coming with the event too very soon. So basically, after I announce all these sponsors, you all probably like, okay, so all these sponsors, all this product, all these slabs, $55,000 in prize pool. Today, as of July 5th, in the first five days, now what happens? So at the, let me back up. So we will be putting live a donation slash product page through slabstocks.com slash shop. It's going to say charity break, 100% proceeds to Camp Kassam, 
X amount of dollar prize pool. I'll be updating it as uh, donations come in for slabs and product. That is the page that's going to drive all the donations for Camp Kesem. So we have over $55,000 in confirmed donations of product and slabs. If you buy into the break for $20 flat fee, you will be entered into this you know, list of people that are going to have the chance to win any of these products. And I will say there are going to be $1,000 prizes that will be won and potentially multi-thousand dollar prizes that will be won in this break for potentially $20 if you buy one spot. You know, someone buys one spot could walk away with a $2,000 either slab or sealed product. There's going to be tons of packs. There's going to be tons of other smaller slabs that are being given away too. We're going to try to match as many people at buying this break as possible with a slab, with a pack, with an open pack. Because some of these boxes I will open live at the event to you know get some really nice uh, buzz in the, in the space and on YouTube and stuff. Um, some of them are going to be kept sealed. That will be raffled off. So basically anyone buys in is going to have a shot to win any of the prizes on the prize list, which will be public for everyone to see. Please, if you are watching right now and you want to know how can you help contribute to this event, because we've already had, like I said, right here, what I, I just probably said 20 some sponsors already. And then there's also a bunch more I'm going to announce. The biggest way to help is two ways. So first, if you have a couple slabs lying around, if you have a sealed blaster box, or even if you just want to help out in a, in a massive way, add to the prize pool, that's over $25. Our PO box is here on the screen. For those listening to the podcast, it's slab stocks to, is the address to send to. And then PO box 320-384, Franklin, Wisconsin, 53132. So that's the PO box you can send a donation to for the, for the prize pool. The deadline's July 24th for those. Um, because we do have to get to the national inventory, all this stuff and everything. I will say the most important thing now that we have a huge prize pool, we want to keep adding to that. We want to keep getting more giveaways, more raffles, more people to donate and sponsors to come in. If you want to be a sponsor, please DM me on Instagram at slabstocks, email info at slabstocks.com. Let me know. I'll send you the details on the sponsorship packages. But the most important thing after getting the donations is then selling the break spots. And we are going to try to sell as many break spots as possible. I want to raise well over $50,000 through this event for Camp Kesem. I think we can do even bigger. Um, we're going to get a lot of people talking about this, a lot of people sharing out the break page, the product page, uh, which is the donation page. And I am ready to make this the biggest sports card charity event ever and show people how impactful the sports card community can come together and affect people who don't even know what sports cards are potentially, or they do, but they have no idea that this type of thing can happen. Um, and I need all your help. I really appreciate everyone listening to me talk about this. I'm super passionate about it. If you can't tell, um, I think it's going to be the best thing I've ever done in sports cards, which me, me meaning like helping run this, the best thing that the sports card, card community has also ever done, adding to me just having this idea to start this. So I do really appreciate you all listening, helping on any way you can. I'm going to try my best to get the donation and the break and the product page live by this week. I um, just need to go through a couple more things to set it up. It should go live. I know I said in the first video that went out, if you watched it, I said it's going to go live like a week before the Friday before, but so much has happened, all these donations, and there's going to be a lot of things coming up that I'm going to be able to uh, you know, share the link through for it to get as many people to buy as possible. I'm going to be putting it live this week, fingers crossed is my hope. Um, so please stay tuned for that through Instagram, through YouTube, through newsletter, through Twitter, whatever, I already said Instagram. But that's it. That's what I got on the charity event. So I know that a lot of y'all just sat through me talking for like 10 straight minutes. Um, Nate, are you excited? Because I'm I'm freaking jacked, man. Hey, you know, it's uh, for me, it's just one of it's one of those charities, Camp Kesem specifically, that you don't really think about the kids when a parent goes through cancer. Right. When a kid goes through cancer, you think about that and they have make a wish foundation. Um, when a parent goes through cancer, you never really, th you think about the parent, you never really think about what the kids go through um, and how, you know, absolutely terrible. And I'm sure some people in the, I'm sure one of the 82 people in here has probably had a parent go through cancer and they know exactly what I don't know about the process and how terrible it is. And so um, for me, just knowing that, you know, does it change these kids' lives? In the long run, probably not. But does it bring them joy for you know a week, a week and a half um, for five hundred bucks? Yes, and that's a beautiful thing. When for a lot of these kids, you know, joy is probably hard to come by. 
when you have a parent going through cancer. We know, I know uh, specifically a young woman, she's probably 27 now, lost her mom when she was young and then just lost her mother-in-law to cancer again at the age of 27. Now, she's not a kid, but you know, people go through that and um, it's, it's, it's nice to be able to help. Uh, I mean, we're just, we're just the platform. We're not really, we're not doing much more than giving people a, a place to donate, right? But uh, it's nice to be able to help people. I will say we also have t pitched in donations to probably donating when it's all said and done around a thousand dollars in products as well. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I also, I, I want to push back against something Nate said. I don't think that Nate said it in a bad way. Um, there's really great short-term benefit to these kids going to this camp, but I do know what the long-term benefit for the benefit for these kids is there because they can come back year over year over year until I think that they're out of high school, and then oh. past that point, a lot of people that go through this come back and be counselors if they were already a kid at the camp. I know this has changed kids' lives like for forever too. So it isn't just a short-term thing. It's a long-term thing for these kids. And I really do think every dollar that gets bought through the break page, every prize pool that gets added or dollar to the prize pool is going to change a significant amount of kids' lives that would never have had the chance to do this otherwise without this event, which is why I want you all to help. Yeah, and I wasn't trying to misspeak or, or downplay it. No, I got you. I got you. I, I, that's why I said also I'm not trying to push back on you. Um. Also, Clay and Richard, your thoughts are with you all. I can't imagine. All right, and Harley, I, I hope you saw my comment. Yes, um, if you do have raw cards you want to send, we'll take them and we'll package them up into probably some different little packs and stuff. Um, we just want to make sure that they're not junk wax and stuff, which is why we're not advertising it. As now I'm on a YouTube live, it's going to then be a podcast that's going to be listened to a lot. Um, if you are sending in raw cards, I'm trying to make sure that they still hit that threshold of $25 and up because it does have to do with the $20 spot that's bought. Um, that's why the thresholds are set like that. But I don't, I don't want to deny people from helping out too. So if like I, ideally, if we put it into actual card terms, a Vlagro Junior Tops uh, NNO as opposed to a Vlagro Junior Tops Chrome Update base. Yeah. Yes, like that, you know, kind of fitting into that, like you pay 20 bucks for a spot. And if you were to win one of those raw cards, it would satisfy that spot that's what my point is and also i will say i cannot guarantee that every 20 dollars spot that gets bought is going to win something because i imagine we're going to get an, an incredible amount of spots bought which is gonna be great we're also gonna have an incredible incredible amount of prizes to be had too so a lot of them should be satisfied we're gonna do our absolute best to try to satisfy every spot that's bought with something in exchange um it's gonna be free shipping by the way for anyone that's wondering uh, the shipping cost is just gonna come off the total dollars that are spent um or that that is raised and um, if and if you do not win something, you at least know it's your twenty dollars is going to Camp Cast. Some hundred percent of the proceeds is going going to a great cause. Okay, now that we're at forty two minutes of this live stream, thank you all again for listening. Cannot thank you all enough. Um, drop comments in here about the sports car market. We're gonna do a little Q and A to end today's stream. Um, we talked about the national a lot, talked about the charity night a lot, but drop comments about the sports car marketplace, different sets, um, anything y'all want to want to hear about. Okay, here we go. Jonathan uh, Dorch, this is a great, this is a great comment. Can you buy a spot if you're not going to be there live? 100%. That's why we're broadcasting it to YouTube, to Instagram. We are going to get as many people buying in here as possible. It's going to be free shipping, meaning you just buy through the website. Your address is going to go into our, you know, our WooCommerce portal, like where we do all the shipping and everything. And if you do win a prize and you're not there to claim it in person, it will be shipped to you. So please, if you're watching on YouTube, watching on Instagram, can't make the event, please buy as many spots as you feel comfortable with. Because like I said, we're trying to raise as much money as possible and we're going to tap into as many sources as possible to get people to watch this stream, to buy into breaks or into this massive charity break. Um, that is the plan. And Perk, if you buy more than one spot, can you win more than one prize? Absolutely. All your spots are going to be broken up into an individual row. However many spots you buy, you buy 100 spots, you're going to have 100 chances to get that top spot, the next spot, the spot after that. Um, you're going to have a chance to win 100 prizes if you buy 100 spots, and that's why we're doing it this way, so we can max out as many spots as possible for the kids and then also make sure we can get you know all the sweet prizes in there and people can win some sweet stuff. All right, here we go. Time to get on to some questions. Holder Cell 1986 Jordan Sticker PSA with the current state of the market. That's a cool card. Um, that's definitely a card... That I think has some history behind it. Obviously, like it's not the Fleer 
base rookie, but it's the sticker that there's a lot of, I think it's 36 stickers in a box. I'm one per pack. The thing, excuse me, the thing that I was talking about in the past with the vintage is there's nothing. I know that the last dance was a unique scenario. There's nothing that MJ is going to do. Most likely, I can't guarantee, you can't really guarantee stuff in sports cards that would like affect a day to day. It would be like a massive demand push or a year over year build of 5% gains on that card, which I think is very realistic for vintage cards. We've seen the massive peaks, the massive dips, the massive peaks for the last like year and a half now for these vintage cards, um, particularly the 86 Fleer Jordan PSA 10 and 9 and stuff. And that just is not how those markets are supposed to work. Those are called blue chip investments for a reason. You don't buy a blue chip investment that runs up like 300% in the span of like, or I, I should maybe say like 150% in the span of like two months or something, you know, or maybe it was 300%. It was, it went from like 250 to like 750. Um, you buy those because you want to hold them for year over year over year to make a you know percent gain year over year over year and holding something really cool. Um, that's why I think those cards, the purpose of them are in the marketplace. And I would say to not buy if it is running up on one of those trends because it will dip back down. Now, at this point, they have dipped back down. So it might be a good idea now to buy it to see those realistic, you know, solid gains year over year. Um, with that being said, it, it's up to you. If you want to hold it, you want to hold it for that reason. If you want to sell it, it's because you want to buy something else and maybe have more action in the market by buying, you know, a modern player that's going to be going into maybe his third season and can break out, something like that. So that's my advice on that. Nate, are the Yankees done? Or are they cooked? Well, I'm never one to uh, probably give up on the Yankees. They always seem to have some sort of magic in them, you know, grabbing Giovanni Urshelas and stuff and turning them into solid players. That being said, they're 42 and 41 right now. They don't have a ton of good hitters. Uh, they don't have a ton of good pitching. And they have the Red Sox, the Rays, and the Blue Jays in front of them. And um, those are all very good teams. I know the Red Sox are top of the division. I don't believe in them as much as I do believe in like the Rays and the Blue Jays. But still, uh, that's a pretty sizable um, hill to overcome or mountain to climb for a team like the Yankees that have, uh, like Scott O said, uh, a flawed team. They've got flaws all over the place. Um, stars that can't stay healthy, uh, role players that are now not hitting, um, starting pitchers that are uh, injured a ton, you know, um, and then the starters they have are not doing well. And so, uh, you know, you can't count on Garrett Cole. <laughs> every every game right and that's pretty much the one good pitcher they have right now so uh they are flawed and they are likely going to miss the playoffs that being said the yankees are one of those teams that i just until i see the end of the season and they're not in the playoffs i won't believe it until it happens jonathan coming back with another question best way to find out the hierarchy of card sets so there's a lot of card sets out there, obviously. There's a lot. But the best way to break it down into the few that are the highest in regard in the sports car marketplace is to go to our YouTube channel right after this live stream. Go to the playlist. Click Slab Socks 101. The first like six or se six videos or five videos are one video per sport for the five major sports. And in those videos, we break down the top sets for those specific sports. Great way to start. Can learn a lot just from there. Probably five minutes, six minutes of video. Maybe somewhere like eight. Um, depending if it's like basketball, which is probably more than like uh, hockey, um, but great place to start and to learn a lot. So please do that. And also, if there's anything else you want to learn about the sports car market, we touch on quite a few things. Um, this is a good point here from Clay Phillips. Now, not everyone can right now, but there's quite a bit of stuff out there that it would be considered in a buyer's market if you have the cash flow, as Clay says. Um, that's not to say like I always try to safeguard with that being like you know not everything's going to go up. Um, there's been like multiple instances in the marketplace over the last two years that everything in a specific segment has went up. And I don't want people to buy thinking that I don't want you to just buy a random prospect because you don't care about them, but they're in the sport that might gain value going into the next season. And then you think they're going to gain value and they don't. And if they don't gain value, then you're holding and they don't play well because you didn't care about them. Then you're not going to do well. Um, I think everyone needs to make sure that they keep in mind that like you need to make educated plays both based on the card type and on the player um you know 
Nate, like, don't you remember, like, the with the bubble and then the next NBA season where it's just like, buy any prospect and they'll gain value. Like, mm-hmm. that, that that is something that we need to make sure people don't think. Um, and not only buy any prospect, but you could buy any prospect, get them graded, and you'd make money just from the grade. And now people are realizing that they're $17, $20, whatever they did that they threw at uh, Tyler Hero. Whew. And even and if you're even worse than Tyler Hero. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, hey, there was a question on Jordan Walker that I was going to answer really quickly. Um, I have to find it again. I got hit. Oh, there you are. Are Jordan Walker's overpriced right now? Uh, and also, which would be his card to buy? So we'll answer the second one first because that's easy, and that is Bowman Chrome. Bowman Chrome auto. Um, Bowman Chrome color. That is the stuff to buy for Jordan Walker. Um, obviously, if you don't know who Jordan Walker is, he was the Cardinals' first overall pick from this past year. Um, they drafted him, let's see here, uh, 21st. So 21st in the first round, Jordan Walker. Um, this kid, Aaron, in a ball, 19 years old, in a ball, hit 374 with a 475 on base and a 687 slugging in his first taste of minor league baseball as a 19-year-old. Never heard of the guy. Isn't that insane? <laughs> That's good. But never- I mean, he, had, he had 18 walks to only 21 strikeouts in his first taste of minor league baseball. Um, you know, and if you go and you look at his stats, they're pretty good. If you follow it up and look at his uh, prospect profile, like from fan graphs, and that is also glowing. They give him a 50 future hit, 60 game power, 70 raw power, you know, and these things tend to change. Obviously his eye is really good. Um, now a plus ball, he's only played five games and that's not nearly as glowing. Uh, but that being said, I don't think they're overpriced. You're looking at, uh, $405 for a purple, um, $730 for a blue auto. Um, it's expensive, but considering what prices of other guys do, uh, he's on the Cardinals who people love. Um, he's a big time power hitter. People love that. Uh, and you know, he's got a guy, he's, he's, he's good. He's good. I don't think I'd pay the, those prices just because I've seen a number of, you know, think of Nolan Gorman type guys. Um, but I don't think they're overpriced. Good stuff. Tommy Saunders, do you think that the SGC, I'm assuming you meant to type, not SCG, so it could be CSG or SGC. I think it's SGC. Resale price will pick up and be equal to PSA. Uh, no, I can't see a SGC 10 being equal to PSA 10. I just can't see it. Um, multiple different reasons. PSA label is worth way too much in the hobby to have SGC get close to that. And for SGC to get close to that, it would take years and years, I feel. Um, not to say it can't happen, but I'm definitely not bullish on that in the short term. The market has been steady in the baseball and soccer market. Do you think those two sports in particular will see the next big jumps? Um, I'm kind of out on the whole sport getting a big jump thing. I think I just kind of talked about it a little bit earlier when we're talking about buying prospects. Same thing with buying sports. We need to make sure that whatever sport you're buying, you're not banking, or whatever card you're buying, you're not banking on an entire sport gaining value for that to gain value. Yes, it was like that two years ago. I bought soccer cards, banking on soccer cards gaining value because it was such an underpriced market. There is nothing now. There might be some small things, you know, some really fringe, small niche things that you might be able to buy because the category is going to gain value. But at this point, after a two-year cycle of many buyers coming in and out of the market, Everyone knows what they are. Everyone knows that soccer cards grew a lot. Everyone knows that they're a thing. Now it's got to be, man, I got to buy that guy that's going to go in a Champions League and score 15 goals in a season and you know that stuff like that. Um, does, they don't have to win a Champions League to gain value. I'm just giving an example. Um, this is interesting. Uh, Harley says, I've been finding some deals on second-year Otani stuff, Tops Golden Heritage Chrome Rookie Cup. Um Definitely, once you see a player's uh, rookies and main sets go up, it definitely pulls up the second year and the fringe cards and everything. So, not saying that it's like necessarily a place to look for everyone, but there, you know, if that's something you believe in, it could be worth it. Thoughts on Connor McDavid cards? Um, I like hockey. Connor McDavid's a beast. I like Connor McDavid cards. That's my small analysis. Hey, Aaron, I'm going to go back to back to back here. Are you okay with that? Yeah, as long as you uh, keep it a little quick. 
Yeah, I've seen you ask a question about Noel Vimarte recently. I believe your opinion was at the beginning of the season, not really worth collecting. Has your opinion changed? And yes, yes, it has. So Noel Vimarte was one of those guys that was so astronomically high priced for a dude that hasn't played, that hadn't played stateside yet. Um, it took me a while to adjust my thinking to those guys where I'm like, I just can't see myself spending $120 on a guy that hasn't proven anything. And so for that reason, um, along with a couple – I had a talk with a couple uh, prospect guys I know, specifically one prospect guy who's legitimately a prospect guy for a legitimate website um, who wasn't – He's legit, if you didn't know. Yeah, wasn't big on Noel B. Marte. So the, for that reason, I was like, I don't love it. Noel B. Marte has destroyed every expectation I ever had, um, and now it's, it's, it's not if he becomes a top-10 prospect for me. It's when he becomes a top-10 prospect. Um, so Noel B. Marte's opinion – I, I have completely done a 180 on him. Um, Nate, how do you feel about Garrett Mitchell as a prospect? Love him. Obviously, he's a brewer. He just got called up to double A the other day, Aaron, if you didn't see that. Did not. Um, Good to know, though. So double A for him, uh, high A for uh, Joe Gray. And uh, he's a stud. He hits the ball to all fields, a line drive approach, super fast. Um, in his little bit of playing time in high A this year, Aaron, he hit 359 with a 504 on base percentage. That that's a large number for an on base percentage. And a 620 slugging. He walked 23% of the time. He struck out 25% of the time. The strikeout rate's probably a little bit high, but um, you know, whatever. You can't complain. Uh, the thing about him is that, you know, I don't know if he'll ever get past 10 to 15 home runs due to his swing. He's gonna be very useful, he's gonna be amazing, but I don't know if he'll get past it. And then lastly, Luis Matos, uh, future. Love him. Uh, he's killing it in uh, a ball as a 19 year old. I just want to see him add a little bit of weight to his frame. But overall, I love the kid. I think he's going to be a star. Okay. I'm going to fly through some of these because we are brush brushing up on our time here. I just got to get back to the one I want. Do hobby boxes versus retail boxes mean more to different sports or is the difference between hobby and retail substantially different in some sports? I'd say any sport, the difference is about the same. Hobby, very expensive. Retail, not as expensive. Hobby, big hits. Retail, smaller hits. I will say this, though. Top Scrum Champions League, retail soccer, the blaster boxes. No idea what happened here. Nate, you remember Nico from the Miami Card Show? Dude, he bought a blaster box now twice through some guy on Instagram. First one, he gets a Drew Bellingham insert auto out of 50. One of the best rookies. He just bought another one. DM me today. He got a red rookie out of 10 of Jude Bellingham, one of the best hits in the product. Out of a blaster box, like 50 bucks. So I don't know what's going on there, but I've seen Pedri gold autos pulled out of 50. Like, don't know what's going on. <laughs> Crazy. Is this hobby still worth it? Uh, absolutely. There's so much good going on in the hobby right now for multiple different reasons. Very worth it. If you love it, you're here. Um, if you don't love it yet, I'm sure you'll come to love it as you start to connect with more people um, through social media and everything. You can really get into it by making friends with new people. Invest big into Bobby Witt. You can thank me later. Scott O just gave you a little shine there. Um, thoughts on tops from soccer and this year's soccer rookies. Tons of good rookies. Lots of product was made, but it's a good set. And then really quick for Emperor, because he asked this earlier, I missed it. Can you give advice on how to go about using autograph tickets at the National and how the wrapper exchanges work? I've never used the autograph tickets. I've never been an autograph guy at the National, so I don't I don't know. I can't really tell you. I'm sorry. Um, as for the wrapper exchange works, you can go and buy boxes at certain booths, and then you can bring those boxes to the Panini and Tops booth, and then they'll give you national packs based off of those boxes. However, I have no idea how it's going to work this year. So many people are going to be there. So many people are probably going to be trying to get the packs. I don't know if they're going to run out. I'm not really sure. So it'll be a uh, very interesting. Aaron, so Italy taking the Euro. Nope, England, man. Come on, Ed. Nate, your prospect knowledge is amazing. From Harley. And then Scott says, love me some shine. Have you been trying to research slab cards on site but can't find anything? Are you talking about Slab Sacks Pro? Peg Junk, shoot me an email, info at slabsex.com. I'll give you a little help if you uh, want it. Okay, that's all we got for today's show. The biggest things are July 30th, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m., YouTube and Instagram Live. Don't miss it. The charity event's going to happen at those times. If you wish, you can donate prior uh, with some slabs or wax. If not, please be ready for that donation and break page to go live. $20 a spot, chance to win unbelievable prizes out of this thing. I can't wait to start sharing what's coming in the mail. It's going to be an amazing event affecting tons, tons of kids' lives for right now and for the future going forward. 
Um, couldn't be happier to, to help put it on. And I just cannot thank the sponsors and everyone's going to participate in this enough. Cause you know, like, like Nate said, you know, we're just the platform. Like just, you know, I had this idea. Thanks. Thankfully to uh, my roommate in college who, who, you know, taught me about Kesem and just amazing. And now here we are doing this event and cannot wait. Super excited. And can't wait to have you all be a part of it. Nate, thank you for joining the, the stream today as well. Yep. Thank you for having and me. Thank you to everyone for being here. Really appreciate y'all. We will meet y'all at the National Booth 695. Do not forget it. See you guys.